professionals are always sought after, but these days they are getting harder to distinguish. Hello, and welcome to episode number nine of Contemplative Creative, a bi-weekly audio podcast tackling the deeper issues of today's creative landscape and living in a modern world. The goal? Uncovering insights to live more intentional lives as creative professionals and hobbyists, or even just as responsible human beings looking to live a life of meaning. My name is David Quiring, and I will be your host. In a world of unprecedented access to knowledge, the barriers to entering different fields are disappearing and a new normal is arising. Everybody seems to have a side job, or even several. The line between an amateur and a professional has blurred. We are all born with a clean slate. In my circle of friends, there have been a lot of kids being born over the last couple of years, and I've really enjoyed watching them grow up. They're like little bundles of unknown potential, hungry to learn and soaking up experiences around them like little sponges. I'm not a father myself, so I say this from the role of a quirky uncle. But even just living with them for a week at a time, it's incredible to see how quickly they change. I've not yet seen a child born into the world with a skill set from somewhere else. They're born with a clean slate until we show them what is possible. We put a crayon in their hand. We encourage them to learn an instrument. We bring them into the garden and show them how to grow things. We live our own lives, and they watch and get inspired by what we do. In this way, the interests of their ancestors become their own in a very real sense. A child has no inhibitions except the ones we teach them. They are open to trying new things and experiment through worldly interactions to figure out what really interests them. This is a critical part of all of our development. It's where we lay the foundation from which the rest of our lives will be built. What one loves and dislikes will inform our choice of hobbies, career, and overall lifestyle and values. Under the safety of childhood, interests incubate and grow into skills. Time passes, and a child finds themselves at the crossroads into adulthood, and all the responsibilities that that bears. At this moment, they must consider who they are, and who they want to be, because here they choose the direction their life will take. Conscious or not, this is a choice we all must make. No one is born a professional. We all begin from nothing, a clean slate from which we choose our direction in life. Through exploration, education, and repeated practice, we refine our abilities in fields aligned with discovered interests and talents. Always an amateur at first, 
There is a point along the path of learning and experience where one shifts to call themselves a professional. But what does that really mean? Is there a clear line that delineates between the two? In regulated industries, the answer is clear. One is a professional when they achieve a standard of education and experience outlined by a governing body. So everybody in that field must meet that standard if they're going to be a professional in that field. Accountants, nurses, engineers. These are types of fields where such a system still exists for safety and legal reasons. For better or worse, in the creative world, things are not so black and white. At one point, committing oneself to a reputable institution to study was the logical first step as well. These days, however, new technological innovations are democratizing learning. Brilliant minds are generously sharing their knowledge online for much less than the cost of a post-secondary education, never mind a shorter time commitment. All you need is access to the internet, and you can find articles, videos, and discussions to get you going. There are even complete courses with live discussions and interactions with the teacher, which really aim to bring the classroom experience into the home. All these different options mean that education is no longer exclusive to those who can afford it. On the other side of things, the weight a degree behind your name has with clients is getting to be less and less. What's important to them is your capability to do good work. The portfolio which you lay on the table showcasing work that you've completed, well, that's more important than a piece of paper. As more and more talented people enter the workforce without said degree, people are realizing that it is not necessarily a requirement anymore. It's tricky, though. You need to build a solid portfolio to get work. But first, you need to get work in order to build that portfolio. So how do you build that initial portfolio? Formal education remains one way to do so. It gives you a chance to build a portfolio, or at least get people to take a chance on you and get your foot in the door. But once you've got your foot in the door, the degree behind your name becomes secondary to your portfolio and work experience. This isn't exclusive to the creative industries. In my experience, in the world of computer science, this has wholly been my experience. The university program I was in encouraged learning alongside working in the field, resulting in me getting three different job placements with three different companies over my five years of study there. For those first jobs, yes, grades were important. They were important because there wasn't much else to go on. The fact that I was a flyer carrier or worked at McDonald's or did shift work at a printing factory, that didn't speak anything towards my ability to write good code. So they looked at my marks. But since graduation, I've not had a single prospective employer request my transcript, which is a bit shocking to somebody who spent five years working hard to make each number on that transcript look good. 
The reality is that the grades I achieved in university are secondary to the experience I've gained in working with companies and entrepreneurial ventures since. A certain level of education is certainly key in the shift from amateur to professional. But that can be gained from a lot of places these days, and one source is not necessarily better than another. What is the best method seems to depend on the ambition and drive of an individual. Accessibility to knowledge is a great thing, but moving away from organized education to individualized self-learning also removes a measure of objective comparison between different people. Creative work is by nature subjective, so without an objective measure with which to gauge this on, like organized education, how can we clearly separate the amateurs from the professionals? One such way to make this distinction is on income. It's commonly thought that if you make more than 50% of your income from one career, you are a professional in that industry. This clear definition integrates the elements of focus and achievement, two elements I certainly think of when I imagine a professional. The one aspect I do feel is missing is an assuredness of quality. Some people are really good at the business side of things, and they're able to market low-quality work pretty successfully, but I would hesitate to name them a professional in their field. Colleagues in competition in an industry can see through their thin veneer, but clients who don't necessarily know better often won't. A professional should not only make a promise, but be able to follow through on that promise. Showing someone your portfolio is in a sense making a promise, a promise that you can reproduce those sorts of results for them as well but you have to make sure that you can follow through on that promise. If you take enough pictures, for example, you are bound to get lucky sometimes. Throwing those few photographs in a binder and calling it a portfolio, however, is somewhat of a lie in the expectation for the quality of work that you can provide. You may get a first job that way with a new client, but you won't get the second job and bad word of mouth and social media could even besmear your name further these days. At this point, I would like to put forth my own definition of a professional. A professional is someone who can consistently do their work to a high standard of quality, adapting to the unpredictable nature of the world in which they work. When a difficulty presents itself in the process, a professional calmly adjusts their workflow, and vision to work around or even integrate the new obstacle. Anyone can do a good job in ideal situations, but a professional is someone who can consistently do a good job amidst tough, variable conditions. Experience that builds to result in this consistency, dependability, and adaptability form a person whom I would call a professional in their field. And that is the type of person I look to hire when I put a call out to the market. Particularly in a hiring situation, 
This can be hard to get to the heart of. It requires seeing clearly beyond listed education. Resumes and portfolios share the highlights of a person's experience, but they can be deceptive as to the consistency of their results. Interviews as well, they're intense interactions by nature, situations that don't exactly encourage an applicant to be themselves. Being able to see the person across the table clearly requires reading between the lines, social skills, and uh, trusting your gut. It takes a really good eye to find good hires. On the other side of the table, you need to also bear this in mind when looking to be hired. Your best bet is to give the employer a well-rounded idea of what you are all about in all of your interactions. Not just the interview, not just the resume, not just the follow-up. Be professional in all of your interactions. Yes, share your achievements, but be honest about them. In a world where the definition of a professional is gray at best, you need to choose your own definition and embody it. So all that said, what can we conclude about the term professional? Its definition certainly is not as solid as it once was, and in that, it has lost the weight that it once held. Accreditation used to lie in education from an institution, but we now live in a world where knowledge is freely available. While there are definitely positives in this democratization, One important thing that we lose is an objective organization that certifies one's skills. In regulated industry, the line remains clear, but in creative industry, and lots of others, anyone can claim the title professional for themselves despite skill level. Some people will confidently overstate their abilities, while others will quietly understate them. Without certification, it is difficult to verify what they actually know when considering a working relationship with them. Until a new system emerges to measure these sorts of things, I think this is something to keep in mind the next time you are considering a working relationship with somebody new. And that's that. Now on to some updates. Once again, I would like to thank the folks over at IdeaSpark. All summer long, they're donating the proceeds from their iOS app to Contemplative Creative. The app is built to help you get out of creative ruts by suggesting new ideas. With it, you can select contexts and themes to customize it as you like, and focus its idea generation on things that you're open to. Then it'll generate a quirky little phrase with which you can use to start a new project. So if you're feeling uninspired and are not sure where to start, or you're doing a daily art project and are starting to run a bit low on ideas, or maybe you're trying a new art form altogether and simply need some lighthearted ideas to experiment on with it. Well, it runs for $1.99 or so, depending on the country which you call home. And like I said, for the next while, your purchase over there will support this podcast. It costs less than a cup of coffee, supports you in your art, and also supports the creative discussion over here. 
that's a pretty good win-win situation uh, all around, I think. So if you're looking for a great tool to help stimulate your creativity, I invite you to head over to our website at www.contemplativecreative.com, click on the support tab over there, and check it out for yourself. And if that's not your thing, don't worry about it. If you'd like to support Contemplative Creative, there is another way, and it doesn't cost a dime. The best way you can help us out is to spread the word. We want to keep this thing going and growing, but we can't do that without you, the listener. If you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with your friends, and if you don't already, please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to ensure uninterrupted delivery. Subscribe, rate, and tell good friends, and everything's going to be okay. And that's it for this week. You can find Contemplative Creative on Instagram and Twitter, where you can stay connected with us between episodes. We've really been working on building our Instagram presence, posting lots of quotes that are inspiring us as we prepare each and every episode. Maybe they'll inspire you too. Links to everything we're up to are over at www.contemplativecreative.com. And that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Professionals are always sought after, but these days they are getting harder to distinguish.